Hello, good day to you all. Welcome to Realism the Podcast, a show that's passionate about the film world and all the universes within it. My name is Christian Spivey, and today's episode is entitled Time. Um, time is a construct, and I can do this list whenever I want because, again, time is a construct, and, and the top 2023 films are coming at you right now. So if you don't care about that, then this episode is not for you. But if it is, then now you finally get to know. There's a reason why I waited so long to reveal this list. I'm like, the Oscars are literally around the corner when 2024 hit, when January hit. Uh, They come out March 10th, um, so all the nominees are out. And I figured, what better time to reveal my top 2023 list than around Oscar time, where we're going to even talk about the 2023 films and the ones that are going to win all the awards. I feel like that's the most appropriate time to give my list, not when 2024 is announced or the end of 2023, but smack dab at the end of the first quarter in 2024 anyway this is not going to be a long episode i'm literally just going to go through the top 10 films that i thought were well deserved that should have been nominated for best picture because there are literally 10 nominees for the best picture this year again and i mean rightfully so uh i saw most of them i think i still have one more best picture nominee i think american fiction is the only one i haven't seen uh i think kayla as well uh, my wife and i think we're gonna watch anatomy of the fall so she can be caught up and we then we can have all the best pictures knocked out and watched or that we've watched them so we can go forward with that and really just be like oh yeah that really deserved best picture or not best picture but until then risk go this episode's called time because time is a construct and i can do this list whenever i want anyway uh i'm gonna come at you pretty strong uh this is in no particular order i can put it in a particular order but as of right now there's not going to be a particular order i'm just going to go for it um definitely starting off strong the holdovers was by far man i would say top three for 2023 but anyway it's in the top 10 list holdovers is a christmas movie that came out a teacher has to stay over christmas break because some students can't go home for christmas break so he has to stay and watch them he's of course paul giamani the strict teacher the one that smells obviously you would get that reference if you watch the film i think it's on peacock right now streaming i have no idea if it's on there anymore but i'm pretty sure you can rent it somewhere else or if you want to buy it if you still collect dvds i'm pretty sure you can go buy it at like best buy or something before they get rid of all their dvds anyway it was a great film uh i believe the actor that played agnes um he is i think he's a first time actor um when i say that i think that's his first film so when he's acting alongside paul giamani and really holding his own i really respect that and i thought that he did a fantastic job um, so yeah, I think his name is Dominic Sesa, uh, but he played Agnes Tully in The Holdovers, right next to P- Paul Giamatti, who played a name, a guy named Paul uh, Hunnam, which is really funny. And Divine Joy Randolph, she did amazing. I think she's up for a Best Supporting Actress role, and I hope she wins the freaking Oscar because she deserved it. And I just looked it up right now. It is available on peacock right now for streaming so go check it out while you can before the oscars because it's up for best picture and i believe it's up for some acting awards like i said divine joy uh randolph is up for best supporting actress i think paul giamani is up for best lead uh in a role and i don't know if dominic sesa is but they all deserve it if they were nominated uh the next film that i'm going to mention is 
Talk to Me. Talk to Me was probably one of the most scariest, uh, what would you call it, horror films I've seen in a long time. Definitely one of the scariest, uh, what film experiences I've had. I got to see that with Ben. You guys are all uh, familiar with Ben. He's been on the episode uh, quite a bit. But if a if A twenty four has slapped their logo on a horror film, I would definitely dive into it. Um, they really, really take all their films pretty seriously. I mean, A twenty four is not the ones making them. I think they just want to help produce the films that they like. But between Umbrella Entertainment and A twenty four, you have a bunch of YouTubers that wrote and directed a film. Uh, Danny and Micah, Michael Filippo, um, the two. Uh, I think their YouTube channel is called Waka Waka, um, but I'm not sure. But anyway, they did a fantastic job. I don't think there's any Oscar nominations for these. I, don't, I think the Oscars likes to stay away from uh, horror films as for nominees. But I mean, ever since, I guess, uh, what's that movie called? 70s Possession Film. The Exorcist. There you go. That, that, that won a bunch of film. I think that won Best picture if i'm not mistaken anyway Sophie wilde did a fantastic job the brothers did a really good job um directing it and i, th- I thought it was fantastic i thought it was really cool to see a possession film that wasn't necessarily religious tones if that makes sense I was, i've done a review with our friend steven go look at that episode if we really wanted to know in-depth thoughts about that film and what we really thought about it up next, we have Killer of the Flower Moon. Obviously, Martin Scorsese is like going to be in there. Um, he, I feel like every time he makes a film, it's like, dude, give this man an award. Like, no, the man just loves making movies, and he he does. Yes, he has the right, and like he is a legend in the industry, and he deserves all the awards that he can get his hands on. Uh, but. I don't know i don't feel like this three and a half hour movie was it it or his best work it was a fantastic film cinema at its finest he he ages well his cinema tactics age well and he did a really good job alongside lily gladstone who i believe is up for a best actress role which she also deserves and then i don't think dicaprio was up for uh any nominations i think robert de niro is up there for supporting role but i do think lily gladstone deserves it um, as a lead actress, um, I forget what her fellow nominees are, but the movie is uh, nominated for Best Picture out of the, all the 10. I think the first one that I didn't mention that isn't part of the Best Picture um, category is Talk to Me So Far. I don't think the rest of these are in there. I do think most of them are in there, but Killer of the Flower Moon, if you have time to spare goodness gracious watch that movie it's really good it's history uh it's american history um i love seeing american history come to life uh i don't like tragedy (laughs) so in that aspect but i do like learning more about history especially when they try to bury stuff like that um so now it's come to light and hopefully a lot of people can have peace a lot of those families and a lot of those uh indigenous people who were affected by that or maybe still affected by that or I'm not sure. But anyway, it's really cool that it's come to light. Next up is another A24 film, of course. Uh, but it comes uh, with our favorite guy of all time, our favorite drama actor in and out of screen, uh, Nicholas Nicholas Cage. But Dream Scenario was probably one of the most original, I guess, dreamlike concepts I've seen in a long time besides Inception. Um, when you deal with like dreaming state and the science behind it, um really is the study of it it's really hard to do because you really have to explain a lot but also you want to get your like point across 
the story you're trying to tell this is just the creative direction you chose to do i don't know uh nicholas cage stars in there uh he's alongside a lot of other people in the film uh, michael sarah makes a little cameo in there uh dylan gilula i don't know who she is i've never seen her on screen before so apparently a lot of the whatchamacallit my film guys who do reviews loved that she was in a big time film i'm not sure uh, i believe the film was directed by christoph uh borgili i'm not sure how to say that name i'm looking right at it and i still oh christopher borgili borgili borgli borgili gorlami gorlami anyway it was a great film if you haven't seen it go in there i don't think it was nominated for anything i don't think i didn't expect it to but it was entertaining nonetheless here's a movie that should have been nominated for quite a bit of things in my opinion um one of the most or i guess i'm gonna tread lightly here i would say it's an original film for sure one of the most original of this year maybe maybe not so i don't know i can't think of another one on top of my head but the creator directed by gareth edwards was amazing i thought it was like again one of the top 10 best films of the of 2023 but the creator follows our main protagonist who i believe uh is named joshua and then uh who is played by john david washington the son of legendary actor denzel washington uh if you don't know who denzel washington is you need to get it together as far as movies he's like besides samuel l jackson he's that he's the other black guy in in the movies like he's he's a legend he's paved the way for a lot of uh the black community as far as acting goes so if you don't know who he is i i really really need you to get it together um anyway his son is in acting now i think he was in sports for a while as an athlete but now he's testing his acting skills john david washington great um great rep sheet so far with tenant pretty good He's kind of not the best in the creator, but uh, hey, he's he's doing a great job. I think it's on Hulu right now. If you have the uh, the subscription, it's worth the watch. There's a ton of other actors in there. I know Gemma Chan is in there. Uh, you've seen her in like Crazy Rich Asians. She was in The Eternals. Um, you've seen her. You've seen all of them. Allison Janney is in there. You've seen her um, in a few other projects. Um, and then you see, there's just a bunch of other actors. Uh, Madeline Yuna v- Voiless, I believe the actress that played uh, the you know, main other main actress in there um, did a really good job as a kid actor or a child actor. They did a fantastic job. Moving into an Oscar nominee back at it again. I don't think it's up for best picture because I don't think a animated film, if I'm not mistaken, has been nominated for a best picture award. Let's look it up real quick have any animated films been nominated for best picture wow look at that suggestion oh wow beauty and the beast is the only animated feature film best picture nominee before uh the inception of being best animated before the inception of best animated feature I guess they, that meaning they're they're saying that before they made the category for best animated picture, Beauty and the Beast was categorized as best picture because they didn't have a animated best feature at the time. But now they do, so that's kind of cool. Uh, what else does it say right here? Up and Toy Story three were both nominated after the inception of the animated feature category and is expanded 
uh, 10 nominee format. Cool. Uh, Beauty and the Beast, only one to be nominated for Best Picture because they didn't have a animated Best Animated Picture at the time, but now they do, which is kind of cool. But then again, I don't know some movies. But we're talking about The Boy and the Heron. Such a great film. I think it's just it's his most personal film. Um, the creator of all the Studio Ghibli or co-founder of Studio Ghibli studio ghibli but hayao miyazaki uh his supposed in quotations last film uh but now he's back in office working on his next film apparently i don't know we don't know what the rumors are maybe he might actually retire maybe he might not but this this was a great film um not his best work in my opinion but he did he did a great job i watched the dub version uh sorry for all you haters i'm not a real anime fan um but I did not watch it in Japanese. I will watch it in Japanese one day, but I did not want to go to theaters and miss on this beautiful, all this beautiful animation that is so like hardcore worked on, um, but trying to read subtitles. I do think subtitles are really okay for the most part, but when I'm trying to enjoy this cinematic experience, like me, a non-speaking Japanese speaking person uh, needs to really just hone in on that at first but i will watch it in the original language uh that it was intended to be in at first which is japanese and i will definitely watch it as a sub movie soon being of japanese movies godzilla minus one was probably my favorite movie next to another uh asian-led film um it's definitely top three so it would be holdovers godzilla and then another film that i'm about to mention in a few minutes but godzilla minus one was just a beautifully lower budget shot film that is is a japanese film it was like film like it was the original they used the original score of the jap uh the godzilla film the original godzilla film it was just fantastic i thought it was like so entertaining i i I watched it obviously they only had a sub version nor would i live action people and dub is just so weird but obviously like with animation it's a little different because they're not you know rounding their mouths for vowels and stuff like that um but godzilla minus one i watched that obviously dub and i i I think they paced it out super well with dialogue and subtitles i thought it was fantastic I, i thought it was probably one of the the best films of 2023 top three for sure it was critically and um uh critically acclaimed all over and i think audiences worldwide loved it uh it was just super super good um shout out to uh that team because i think they i think it's the number one globally number one uh japanese film globally uh ever like they did the most that they could uh, it was just it was just really good. I think their budget was like 15 million, which is kind of low for like a movie that heavily uses CGI, which they did, but in a in the best way. Um, but I think they made a lot of money back. I know their box office numbers were like 106 million uh, USD. Um, I don't know like how much more they made after that, or if there's any more, if that's just like the US, what they made in the US, because I know worldwide they did really good, but it was fantastic. If you love monster movies at all, this is definitely my highly, my highest anticipated, or my highest one that I would say watch. Like I would recommend this movie any day of the week, monster movie or just films in general, but definitely top three for 2023 for me. 
obviously there was a dispute over the summer or there was a whole big event that really just brought back people besides marvel films that really brought people into the theater and really just got everyone together and just really the unity factor really just kicked in and we all honed in on it and we all just participated one way or another where we were on it the day of or whether we waited a few minutes it just lasted at least for a month i know a couple weeks for sure but the the craze the barbieheimer craze so those are the next two films that i would put on there oppenheimer fantastic barbie fantastic they did a really good job uh writing these stories and then picking their actors and really working with it and coming up with these um these adapted screenplays per se like it was really 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 well done for both of them like you everyone i don't really have to elaborate too much on them because i feel like everyone gets it because everyone was a part of it they made i think both films made over a billion dollars in the box office globally i know barbie did i know barbie did really good for uh uh warner brothers because it was a big studio film and it was like the first one if you want to watch it if you haven't seen it somehow if you have not seen barbie it's on max right now uh if you have a subscription definitely go in there and watch it um but yeah it went it made 1.4 billion usd um so it made it that i think that's all worldwide though but like that's the equal amount of it just made over a billion in the box office i think oppenheimer did the same thing or if it was really close but obviously oppenheimer was no longer part of warner brothers or christopher nolan isn't part of warner brothers he moved on to universal and uh they made um let's see oh they were super close they were 953.8 million usd in um in the box office and that's globally as well and their budget was only 100 million i think for both films both were budget were around 100 million and they both made almost a billion and almost billion dollars they did a super good job so congrats to barbie and oppenheimer they're both up for best picture um i don't think godzilla is i think godzilla and Born Heron is up for Best Animated Feature, God, which is Miyazaki's first nomination at the Oscars. And then Godzilla is for VFX, I believe. I don't know what other category. I think it's in two. Uh, but Oppenheimer is definitely uh, in Best Picture and some acting awards. I think RDJ and I believe Killian Murphy and I think Best Director. I, I, I don't know. They're, but Barbie is in there for Best Picture as well. I think they have a couple acting awards and adapted screenplay. I don't know if it's original screenplay. It should have been original screenplay, even though they're adapting it from, you know, a doll. But there's no really narrative behind Barbie. It's just a doll that you come up with. It's like the whole imagination concept. But Barbie's on Max. Um, Oppenheimer's on Peacock right now if you have a subscription. So definitely get those in if you haven't seen them yet, which I would be so shocked if you <laughs> haven't seen them yet. Uh, you should have. Um, but here, here's my last movie. I would say it's between this, like so I said, the top three holdovers, Godzilla, and this film that I'm about to mention are like my top tops. Like I said, top three. They're equal to me, but this one I knew for a fact when I saw it, the trailer for it, I was going to love it. Or I had that feeling. I didn't know I was going to love it, but I had that feeling. And then when I saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, so good. Uh, the people I saw it with my wife and I believe our friend Abby saw it too and then a bunch of other people a friend Jay we've talked about it we reviewed it on the podcast my friend Jay and we just all liked this film I think everyone who saw this film had like a like some kind of weird deep connection like they everyone's been that character at one point in their uh 
in their life or another. I'm not, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but it did so well. Um, it was directed by Celine Song. Um, it's an A24 production, go figure. Um, but it's up for best picture as well. They had a $12 million budget, which is a lower budget. Um, and they did really well, I think over the course of time globally. Um, the acting was phenomenal. It was like Greta Lee did a good job. Teo Yo did a good job. And then John uh, Magaro, who's been in like so many things, did a fantastic job as well. Uh, but overall, I love the film. I think everyone should watch it. I think there's a... Uh, it's on Showtime right now. If you have that kind of subscription. Um, I think everything for A24 is going to be on Mac soon. I think they just did a deal with everything like that. But that yeah you should check it out nonetheless if you can watch it before you can uh watch the oscars if you're going to watch the oscars because we're leading up to that our next few episodes are going to be just be oscar related but yeah those are my top 2023 films i know it's kind of late in the game but i figured uh since i was late on it this is the best time to mention it because we're getting close to the oscars and we're going to literally talk about most of these films again so i figured we get into it but yeah the past lives was in there barbie oppenheimer godzilla minus one the boy and the heron the creator dream scenario killers of the flower moon talk to me and the holdovers were my top 10 films of 2023 and a lot of them were nominated for oscars this year oscars aren't like the main most important thing but they are it's really cool to get recognized for your work um by the academy especially of motion picture um we'll get into that a little bit later on like i said i think for a l- next couple weeks or so our episodes are going to be related to the oscars so let's see what our layout is for the next couple of weeks so we're going to go over the oscar winners in my heart next week that episode is going to be entitled mine um because they're just mine they're just my my winners in my heart <laughs> the oscars uh as far as the oscars winners like these are the people that i think should win we're going to go over that list uh with our nominees uh the week after that it will be after the oscars uh, or no, the, um, the that one's going to be called Lose. Um, we're going to talk about the the you know the bad parts about the Oscars, how they're not important um, in your cinematic creative process. But this is why I watch them nonetheless, and like what people lose in society that episode will be called lose but it's related to the oscars we might do a live stream i'm still figuring that out um on the 10th of march and then the week after that we'll do uh on uh march 12th that will be the tuesday after the oscars and we're going to talk about the wins of them uh talk about the winners and who took it home that night and then really just talk about who got snubbed in our opinion and whatnot and really just dive in so buckle up because we're talking about the oscars for the next couple of weeks so it's going to be oscars this oscar that here and there and then we'll chime in with news here and there like the announcements of like biopics and other movies like the beatles biopic i just posted a reel on that not too long ago but yeah thank you so much for tuning in um this reels on the podcast and we'll see you next week Bye.